ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Well, everybody, hi. <laughs> welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. <laughs> it's been crazy. Um, my dudes moved away. Um, I've been kind of like swamped with the work and it's been, whoo. Yeah, so we're glad you joined us, uh, and we are not out of the game. We're just kind of swamped. <laughs> so, <laughs> just slow out of the gate. Yeah. So thank God we're not getting paid for this. Because oh. we, <laughs> we'd be waiting on some checks. Like, yeah. You know, we'd be waiting a while at this point. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've, got, we've got two episodes that we're probably going to – we're probably just going to get them out, like, as quickly as possible. Um, but we're super glad you joined us. We're still here. Uh, been ch- I looked at the stats recently. We've been still getting uh, people to listen to our SoundCloud and you know people peeking at YouTube. So thank you very much. I have I didn't look at any. Uh, did not look at any other places. But um, you know I, I really do appreciate it. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you smash that like button. Um, like just once, but do it extra hard. <laughs> So they know that you like it. Um, also, subscribe, leave a comment, tell us what your favorite part is. Um, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> all of those things help us. Yeah, all the, all the good things. So, uh, you know, if we had any more, yeah, let's just do that. Let's just like, be our friends. We'll be our friend ish, yeah. and it'll work out. You follow us, we'll follow you. Not in like a creepy stalker way. <laughs> Only on social media. Maybe you'll get a shout out on the podcast. I don't know. Yeah, well, speaking of which, um, <laughs> let's talk about a little bit of that. that uh... Okay. So, I don't know. What what section would this go under? I got business? This says social media. Social media? Okay, that yeah. works. Social media. So yeah, we also now have uh, sound effects for those of you <laughs> paying attention at home. Um, so yeah, previously, I think in a business segment, uh, we had talked about ethics and marketing, and I had brought up this podcast that I listen to regularly. I'm, I'm a big fan, but they were doing this thing where they were basically soliciting mailbag questions through five-star Apple podcast reviews. So if you right. wanted to get a question on the show, you just go on to Apple podcast and leave a five-star review with your question in the review. So at first I was kind of like, that seems kind of like cheating in a way. I'm also just kind of jealous that I didn't think of it before. <laughs> you do still need like a decent following obviously in order to be able to really make that happen, but or really to have any effect. But I started thinking about it recently and I'm like, you know, they will, they seem to read just any question that comes in. If you write a five-star Apple podcast review, they will read the question. And so I'm like, okay, what if I write a question that also includes a plug for my podcast? <laughs> Why not? And so for those of you that listen to the Pick 6 podcast, CBS Sports, um, this last week, I'm I'm tuning in i've been listening like 
every week when they do their mailbag because they don't tell you like when they're going to read it if they're going to read it right and so i kept li- reading and reading wait listening and listening waiting to see if it was going to happen and after like two weeks i had kind of given up <laughs> and then this week i see the mailbag and i'm like oh okay i'm gonna listen to it and i'm driving around and i get like 20 minutes into the podcast and they're they're on to the second question and i start hearing the question and i'm like wait, this sounds familiar. And as soon as I heard the, I'm an MC State fan, I'm like, oh my God, they're reading my question. And then um, it's like that that tense moment where I'm like, oh, after at the end of this paragraph comes the plug for the podcast. <laughs> Are they actually, and they read the whole thing. And I, I mean, like you could ask Helena, uh, we were in the car together and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my. And she's like, what, what? And I'm like, they're being, that's my, they're plugging the Chris and Andre show. And she's like, okay, dad, like chill Calm out. Calm down. <laughs> trying to play some Pokemon here. Um, but yeah, so like, and the, he read it and was like, you know, because I basically was like, by the way, if you give a shout out to the Chris and Andre show, I really appreciate it. And he was like, well, there you go. You write a five star review. You get a shout out. So shout out to the Chris and Andre show. And I was like, oh, and I don't know. I mean, it's again, I think I, I pointed out, like, I don't think it's really made much of a difference in terms of subscribers or listeners or anything like that. But fun nonetheless. Maybe I'll write another five star review. See if I can get another plug. I just like I wonder if it's gonna be one of those things where now like other people start, you know, plugging yeah. their businesses and so they're like, I uh, come on. Like am I the the asshole now that opened the floodgate? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's kinda cool. I mean when you share that with me, I was pretty excited, so that was pretty dope. Um Well, let's talk about some cooking. Cooking. I'm going to do that every time. Just so you know. I, I, I'm pretty sure you are. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, what, you're, yeah, yeah you're, you I'm, mentioned I'm so- leading this one off too. Okay. So, <laughs> um, for again, those of you following along at home, I am in a new location. Um, I am set up shop at the U S headquarters for my company, uh, which happens to be, where I am now living down at the beach. So, but you're not living in your company. No, you're not living at the U S headquarters. No, that's why. I mean, you can't see the cot, but that's just for (laughs) nap time. No, um, (laughs) right now staying with my parents, uh, while we finish our house renovations down here, got sheetrock going up today. Cool. Um, so that was exciting. Starting to see it kind of come together. Um, but yeah, so while we're down here, my parents are currently in Portugal for like two and a half weeks. And so we're crashing at their place. And my mom has this fantastic 36-inch gas range with an electric oven. And it might be bigger than 36. I can't remember. But it's it's like one of the commercial grade ones. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like a, like a real commercial. Yeah. It's it's lovely. And she's got one of the flat top. Um, yeah you know, like griddle kind of things on the side. And so I did a couple of impossible burgers for me and Christy last night on the flat top. It was some soy sauce and a little bit of garlic salt and some pepper. Um, and just, you know, like got the thing really hot. So I got a really good sear on the outside of them, um, with some roasted garlic broccoli, which is also really good. But yeah, 
I know. Like I'm making myself hungry right now. I didn't yeah, eat thanks. before again, but that makes two of us. So <laughs> no, that's good. Like, uh, yeah, I haven't had anything that's been like phenomenal lately. Um, since I got back from Peru, uh, uh, Puerto Rico, um, I was thinking about Peru for other reasons like that, Peru. Um, but I've, I've been eating ceviche a lot, <laughs> to be honest with you, cause I, I just, I just can't. That's like something You had that, it while you were in Puerto Rico, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's a ticket. Um, there's no substitute for this. And, um, other than that, everything else has been just about the same. Um, with work, we've been trying not to eat out a lot. Um, so for example, like my daughter graduated, uh, last week, mm-hmm. it was really weird, but, um, uh, she likes to go to Chile. So I took her, her brothers and my wife. So like all of the kids, except for one son who moved to California, um, set a Caesar salad. I was like, this is so normal. You know, like, <laughs> like I want something like cool to eat. Like I haven't had anything cool to eat in a while. <laughs> I'm like so mad. I'm like, I haven't been cooking. I mean, it's been like really, it's just been real busy. Um, I've got a couple yeah. projects that are just like, uh, blowing my mind but anyway it's all i got on, on food i'm eating normal stuff <laughs> i um I, i've talked about it several times on the podcast before but panacea brewing company my new all-time favorite restaurant uh fully vegan menu um they will be catering our wedding which i'm really sweet about um but yeah they have i sent you a picture the last time i was there but i got it again when i was there when we were there on sunday um, the riblet hoagie that they have that's basically a certain God. company's rib sandwich that they like to take away and bring back. But it's all vegan. And they use a combination of jackfruit and impossible meat to make the patty. So oh, it's not really? just one, which I... Cause Jackfruit's one of those things where like people are like, oh, it's just like pulled pork. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's not. Like it's <laughs> It's not there's just something about it that I'm just, I'm like, and so when I saw it on the menu and I was like, Ooh, but they mixed it with the impossible meat. Like that sounds really interesting. And it is like the texture. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Homemade pickles on it and onions and barbecue sauce. And it's just like, Oh my God, that thing is so good. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, We had that. um, Huh? My mom made this really good, like, uh, just vegan tomato-based pasta sauce. It was, mm-hmm. like, just super fresh. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's a whole bunch of, we made, like, a bunch of Parmesan cheese. and Yeah, fresh sauce is the way to go when it comes to Italian food. Like, I think that makes the whole meal better. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's just, like, the whole work thing. And I mess up my shoulders. Um a few weeks ago working out and it really hurts. <laughs> like, it just really, like, it, like I'm I mean, trying to shul- shoulder injuries are no joke. I mean, you yeah. don't even realize like th- some of the motions that you do that you rely on your shoulder for until you've injured one. And you're like, Oh my God, that hurts so bad. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Uh, Monday I was getting ready. Um, I was putting a shirt on and as I was putting the shirt on, my arm gets stuck inside the sleeve. And it just yanked my shoulder back. Ooh. And I screamed like I was a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and I buckled down. And um, like it was really bad. So Ouch. I know I definitely 
I, I know I definitely messed something up there. So we'll see. Um, I got somebody who wants to come say hi real quick. Okay. Come on in. Hey, buddy. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Hi. How are you? I can hear you. Good. Oh, man. So how do you like the beach? It's great. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> so what else is going on? Um, I'm at the, my grandma's office. I was uh -huh. watching some videos. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got. Well, it's really good seeing you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, sweetie. Well, let me talk to your dad, okay? It's good seeing you. Bye. <laughs> And Chris is being a parent right now. Uh, you gotta love that. But you did a little interruption. Something like a little bribery. When it comes oh to man, yeah. So one thing I've been watching lately is like my my wife says that when she watched the video, she's like, "You're always looking at the at your screen and look at the camera." I'm like, "So I've been trying to con now I consciously try to look at the camera." I'm like, gosh, man! I, I now you know what I in my head. What I think we should do is we should have, like, I'll have the camera on this side of me. You have the camera on this side, right? And we'll both look at the screen so it looks, <laughs> and then we'll have it so that it looks like we're facing each other <laughs> in the video. I'll just be like, no, you're <laughs> full of crap. Like, that would be a weird. whole new di dynamic to the whole. <laughs> So, uh, let's talk about sports. Where's sports? Sports isn't in here. It's here. It's no, there. I don't see sports. It's hiding. Uh-oh. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. We have a momentary... There's there's a play, injured player on the field. <laughs> and he went to NC State. Hey... If he went to so, NC State, he probably never he would have gotten injured before he got on the field. Or he would have never made it to school. <laughs> oh man. That's that's funny. <laughs> Sports. So speaking of uh NC State. Yeah. Um you know, look, it's not often that I get to celebrate something done by a Wolfpack team, right? <laughs> um, and baseball is one of those sports where as much as I think NC State fans enjoy it, the administration and like the sports department has done very little to really invest in the actual like facilities or anything like that. And so right. Elliot Avent, the head coach there, typically gets a bunch of crap for underperforming or having off seasons. But 
He's been to two College World Series now in the last eight years. Um, and I don't know. I watched a good bit of the, well, I did not watch much of Friday's game when they got crushed like 21 to 2. And I will say that at that point, I had pretty much kind of written them off. But when they came back to play <laughs> on Saturday, I was like, you know, I'm going to watch some of this. Right. And it was a it was a pretty good start. And then they started like going downhill. And my mom was like, we got to turn this off. Like, we're the reason they're losing. And they ended up <laughs> hanging on to win, which was great. So we were like, well, obviously, we can't tune in on Sunday to see. But I was like, I kept watching uh, the highlights and stuff like that or watching the score updates on ESPN. And so when I finally saw that they won, I was like, holy crap. Um, but, yeah, it was awesome. You know, I was like very, very proud of the team. Um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens at the at, from this point on. Like, there's still a bunch of really good teams left, but Arkansas was supposedly the best of the best in college baseball this year. So, um you know, I think as long as expectations remain as low as possible, NC State has a chance. That's good. I mean, just don't believe in us, and we'll be fine. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I watched a couple of the women's games, and um, I, you know, what I do think, I think that the way that we treat women's sports is so BS. You know. It's. I was having a conversation with my daughter the other day about this because she was asking about um, if boys and girls play sports together, um, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And I was kind of explaining, like, no, they're typically separate, but you know, there are instances where you know, girls who have really wanted to play football or some other sports where the school only has a boys team have you know fought for their right to be able to do that or at least have the the right to try out. Um, I was like, but usually by the time they get to a, the other levels, like you don't see much of it at that point. Yeah. She's like that seems dumb, and I was like, yeah, you know, it's just like a lot of s- kind of silly, antiquated things that we're still dealing with. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a solve for that. <laughs> I just, I just think sometimes. Um, I mean, it's like women's soccer, right? Like, um, the product that they put on the field is just as enjoyable for me to watch as the men's game honestly right i I don't really see like that big of a a difference in in the aesthetic of the game in the performance by the athletes like it's it all seems fairly on par like until you get to the win column right well yeah 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 no and and (laughs) i meant i you know not not talking specifically about like the the u.s men's and women's but but yeah i mean like (laughs) Then you get to that point and you're like, okay, well, the women are clearly the superior team and providing a right. superior product. And yet in this supposedly capitalistic society, we're like, well, it's a women's team. So <laughs> are we really that surprised? I don't know. Um, yeah. My my wife is watching this. Uh, she's been she's really into uh, World War II history. And she was watching a movie last night on Netflix about um, how the Germans had uh, taken uh, Jewish people from Spain as well. And first of all, I I just can't watch movies like that. I I just don't want to. Um, And she had just the night before finished reading a book about something similar. And she goes, I can't believe that people are so evil. (laughs) I was like, well, I said something I should have said. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like... 
well, like you notice that most of the people that do some of these heinous things in history are predominantly white. Like when you think back to World War II, it's just like I, I know that sounds kind of racist, but it's like, yo, it's you're batting a thousand, guys. Um, but anyway, I speaking of sports and baseball, like I and I, it just makes me think of how we have to we have to kind of think about like why do we not pay women fairly in sports? Why do we not give them the same? It's it's just a a white male dominated society, and yeah, um, it just pisses me off. Uh, no, I think, and that was, you know, I, I didn't put it in uh, probably as blunt a term uh, or terms as you did when I was talking to, <laughs> to my kid about it. But yeah, I mean, it was basically, I was like, yeah, like a bunch of people thought that this was the way that it needed to be for these reasons. And even though we've proven time and time again that a lot of these concepts that we had about the differences between men and women are really dumb. Um, and not founded in any real reality, it seems silly that there's all these things that are still in the way, you know? But. Yeah, I, I think that when it comes to sports especially, or or actually anything, if you're able to produce said result, you should get paid the same amount of money. Uh, now, granted, there are some, you may not have the audience for certain things, but I know, like, for example, there's, in this area, women's soccer is more popular than men's soccer. Um but that may not hold true in Oregon. So, but the baseline should be fair. And I, I, I understand that eyeballs also make a difference, but it shouldn't be that big of a gap. I just, I just, I just can't fathom it. It just blows my mind. So, um, like when I think about WNBA players that have to work part-time jobs, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. So. Well, uh, and it, it seems almost like the, the more professional that the women's sport gets, the less interest there is in it. You know, like at the college level, there seems to be more interest in college women's basketball. Uh, right. Or even like gymnastics, you know, at the, at right. the young, but then it's like, you get to a certain where it was like, Oh, we don't really care about this anymore. Like, yeah. I wish gymnastics was, um, more mainstream. Like you really only hear about certain meets at, at the collegiate level and the the Olympics. Um, and every now and then you'll get press on the World Gymnastics Championship, and but that's few and far between. And we've had a lot of awesome gym, gymnasts in our male and female throughout the years. Uh, they don't get the exposure. Um, Wrestling too. That's another one. Yeah. That I've roll your eyes, but. NC State had a national champion at the heavyweight level, Nick Gwizdowski. I'm probably saying it. He probably went to carry high also. I think so. Um, but he was one of the first like guys that the, the new head coach there, Pat Papalizzo, um, brought in. And since then, he's built just like this ridiculously good wrestling program um, that's been churning out ACC championships and – competing at the national level um and so that's i i've been following it a little bit more yeah. recently um and they've had several of the wrestlers have gone on to the olympic trials and um have had the opportunity to represent the u.s i think nick Kwiatkowski had gone to the olympics at one point um that's cool so. well my oldest sons uh, they wrestled at carry high so uh i'm and i know that state's got a good wrestling program so my my beef with state isn't about state it's just me. 
It's just you. It's just me. I mean, I understand that. Like, I'm the intolerable NC State fan. Um, yeah, it's annoying. And I have two sons yeah, that went to that's state. That's the goal. Um, yeah, so it's it's like whenever I talk crap about state, my wife's quick to remind me, you know you had two sons that went to state. I'm like, yes. Yeah. You know your daughter's going to state. Yes. Um, state's a great I, school. State's a great yeah, school. Yeah. State's a great school. State's a great school. <laughs> What do we got next, man? <laughs> oh, uh, so we've done social media. We've talked sports and cooking. Uh, I guess. It's time for politics. <laughs> so uh, if you aren't aware, the G7 meeting was over the past week and President Biden. G7. I know, right? And President Biden met with met with uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, yo, Biden gave like a, in my opinion, a masterclass on foreign policy in his, you know, his speech. And um, I get a lot of it's just it's not posturing; it's just kind of setting the stage for uh, what the the globe seems and deems as who's, you know, are we on the same page? Can we kind of circumvent some of the issues that we're having? But it was, it was refreshing to see that the other world leaders were looking at the representative of of the United States as an equal and not a pansy. So, um, I don't agree, I, you know, I may not be a big fan of like some of the things like, you know, for example, I don't know how I feel about German, you know, Germany having oil from Russia, but at the same time, you know, trying to, you know, dictate what Russia does with you, with the Ukraine, right? Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of duplicity, I think, in some of those, those, those issues. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can, Hopefully those guys can figure some things out. Hopefully NATO starts to, you know, not just give lip service to some of the things we need to do as a global community. So that's my that's my big thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, you and I have talked a lot lately on here about how we've kind of stayed out of politics. Um, and I've been finding that easier and easier to do lately, um, right. in large part because what they focus on the things that are being focused on when it comes to politics and the news have been largely inconsequential. It seems, you know, like, um, and it's again, I'm not really paying attention. So if I miss something big, I'm not trying to say that everything that's happened lately is inconsequential just to be clear. Um, but it's, I did see the videos, uh, you know, like the side by side of Biden walking, you know, down some pathway with the leaders and stuff like that from the other nations and then cutting to 2017 when you know who was pushing his way to the front (laughs) i go here you know like i and it was like it's just it is refreshing to see like people don't look at it like how the did you get here right like 
why am I having to deal with you right now? This, you know, I mean, and that's where I, again, like that's where I kind of was for the last four years was just like, why do we have to deal with this? Why, how did we get to a situation where we're actually having to put up with this crap right now? Well, you know, I, I think this, I think that we deserve everything we got when this country elected Donald Trump. Like I've, I've come to that conclusion and, even Hear those of out. us that didn't vote for him. <laughs> yeah, but we've been playing this. Um, I, th- I think after President Obama got elected, we started to, as a society, and I wasn't all about President you know, President Obama's policies, to, to be fair. But as a society, we thought we, we reached this, this mountaintop that wasn't there, you know. Um, and that's like a, a common theme and common statement by even, like, Republicans right now. We're not a racist country. I mean, we have, we had a black president. Yeah, but you did everything within your power to disrupt everything he was trying to do. Um, and even so now, you know, Mitch McConnell is, is playing this whole game of, we're just going to stop this whole, I can't do an impression. Cause I, I really don't like the guy. Um, I like him more than I like Donald Trump. And, I'm Mitch McConnell, and I don't yeah. want to do anything except for talk like a turtle. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, he's like, he literally is just, it, it should be criminal that he can actually publicly say as an elected official, I'm going to do everything within my power to not pass any bills this administration wants to pass. That... There's no representation of, of anybody that your, your constituents. Um, secondly, what's interesting is that Joe Manchin came back with a compromise on the um, on voting rights. And because, you know, what they, what they say when it comes to voting rights, compromise, compromise, <laughs> compromise. compromise. <laughs> um, I. I think the Democrats are doing a big disservice to themselves. Actually, I'm going to, this is going to be a political, <laughs> this is going to be a big political rant. Cause I think a lot of things have just kind of like built up. Um, the comment that president Obama made during his interview with Anderson Cooper is very true that the Democrats are not aggressive about their goals They're And it, you know, to paraphrase, they go back to the table just to be nice and Republicans don't operate that way. Got it. Cool. Uh, the second part is the electorate. We can't stay focused on idiots like Ted Cruz, um, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, uh, any, any one of them. We can't stay focused on them so much that we lose focus on what needs to happen. And I think that over the last six months that's all we've done like we talk about marjorie taylor green we talk about uh you know like joe manchin is his you know it's great that he's got he he's got something he wants to do to say okay i'll work on this but he's getting pressured from somebody so and like just like whose ass did he have to kiss to get all this publicity you know like i mean i blame the media i literally I literally blame the media. Like here, one thing I was, I've been thinking about the last couple of days is so 
this this is my rant about the Democrats. I believe the insurrection January six was is criminal. Twenty one congressmen said that they would not they did not want to um those twenty one senators, I believe, did not want to uh, give those officers the Congressional Medal of Freedom. I've watched that one of the officers that you know that got attacked that day speak. He actually, I've seen him on CNN a few times. He went to go speak to one of these. I think his name is Slawwell or something from uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Guy wouldn't even shake his hand. Yeah, he said that it was like a tourist. You know, the guy that said that January sixth. You know, if he wasn't. If he didn't see the video, he would have thought it was just like a tourist uh, group. No, I think he meant to say terrorist group. But um, <laughs> tourist, because, terrorist, tomato, tomato. <laughs> it starts the T. And what was interesting is there's a, a picture of him like trying to you know block barricade you know barricade the door with a chair that day. So it just blows my mind. It you know I I just I, I don't think those people are powerful and that's what i keep coming back to they have influence but they're not powerful like there's no way on god's green earth that and back to joe manchin that 78 percent of the people in his state agree with hr1 and he wants to vote against it 78 plus jennifer lawrence plus yeah because that's important i mean katniss everdeen (laughs) like I mean, but I, I just think that we, we've put in too much stock in these people. And well, just, but didn't you see that Stacey Abrams says that she could totally, or excuse me, absolutely she, uh, support the voting rights compromise? Yeah. So that's, that means all black people are cool with it, right? Like, she speaks for all black people, you know, right? I saw, the, I saw that interview, and I was kind of thinking the same thing. I'm like, so we have to, you know, I understand the the ability that Stacey Abrams has to organize with other people and, and get things to happen. Oh, thank you. You're so nice. <laughs> what did you get? I got my adult my adult beverage. Oh. <laughs> so my life is good now. Um, it's been a long week and it's only Thursday. Um, good Lord. Maybe we'll talk about that too. But, um, or some of it. <laughs> um, what was I saying? I, I I understand that, so I don't want to take that away. But I just think that I don't need Stacey Abrams to, like, we shouldn't need S- Stacey Abrams' blessing to do the right thing. Right. I mean, and sh- in, in a lot of ways, right, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but it seems pretty direct comparison. It's like, 15, 20 years ago, where it was, you know, Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton, right? If whatever kind of side they were on, it was like, well, that must be where, where all black people stand. And it's, well, I think, I think the problem is this whole progressive part of the party. Like I hate, okay. No, I I mean, I, I, I can understand that. Uh, but I I think James Carville has got a very good point. Like we're like, people are so enamored with like what he calls faculty faculty lounge talk right well we want to you know how we get pissed off and people just we have a meeting 
for everybody just to spit out ideas and nobody did anything. Yeah. Remember how pissed I would get? Yeah. I would like, why are you, you wasting feel like, my time? So his point is that that's where we are right now. Yeah. I mean, when it, when it, from a from a governmental standpoint, in terms of like passing legislation, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, we're all just, well, I think we should do this. Well, the rest of us don't think you should do that, so we're not going to do anything. Like, oh, yeah, okay. It, it's a waste of my time. Like, don't bother me with that. Like, I, I just, and I see that in our our political system, and it's not to say that I don't. Here's what I'm starting to think. I. I, I think that although there was a good representation of our country in the G7, I hate to admit this, but the low blows that Putin makes about, you can't say this about Russia when this is going on in your country, he's not, he's not effing wrong, man. No, he's not. You know, like, um, it's, I mean, I, I, I go back to what conversations that we were having a year or two ago, you know, around the former president, where it's like, yeah. you can't, you know, or like the, the Black Lives Matter and all the protests and stuff where it's like, you know, you talk about, yeah, I want to go punch a Nazi in the face. And it's like, okay, but then you start moving down that slope or down that path where now the point is that like you don't have the moral high ground like you've succumbed to this and ultimately that's what i feel like a lot of us kind of need to maintain to some degree you know like like we have to have enough of us that are still standing there saying like guys are wrong and it's not that we're perfect but you know we we understand where that line is, and we're not willing to cross that. Yeah, there there's a difference between right and wrong. I think politicians are like I watched um, uh, Nancy Pelosi do an interview on this past Sunday or the Sunday before, and I understand her tone. I don't think that she should be as dismissive as she comes across, like. If you are a public servant, number one, if you're in a position of leadership, you need to learn how to be able to talk to people. And I think a lot of times people forget that. And, well, and that's, sorry, go ahead. And that just, it just shows me that we have a lot of the wrong people in, in leadership. And it just, it blows my mind. That's what I, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. I mean, we, we have put so many of the wrong people in leadership and this, the, we have allowed this system to be created that attracts that ultimately in a lot of ways. And it, and it almost weeds out the, the good people because you have to be a certain level of scummy or slimy or, you know, whatever adjective you want to use in order to be able to survive in that, you know, in order to, to deal with your, in your personal life, constantly being torn apart, you know, having basically no real privacy and ultimately what I feel like you end but up they with always is, get, No, that's not true. They, most of the people that feel like that, they get their hands caught in the cookie jar. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. I, I, I mean, think usually what it is is, yeah, I mean, coming, when it comes to campaign time, right? And yeah. then... That's why, the thing about it, nobody has come, like literally nobody in the Republican Party has had a good shot at Joe Biden. And that's what's amazing. Yeah. And... It, and why, right? Because Joe Biden, over the years, has managed to maintain some level of moral high ground. Like, yeah. d 
despite sure, where he, you may not agree with him on his policy decisions, right? Like yeah. he hasn't been out philandering, right? He's not, um, a, you know, like he's he has been fairly open and honest just about what's gone on in his life and how that's affected him, which I think is what a lot of people what allows a lot of people to ultimately connect with him and say, like, he may not be the same person that I am. He doesn't have the exact same experiences, but he shares we share something in common. Right. Like yeah. maybe we have a loss or we have somebody that we know that, you know, has dealt with drug addiction or whatever it may be. You know, like, I mean, that's the man's been through a lot and and done that while being in, a, you know, at least to some degree, the public eye. And you're absolutely right. Like to this point, there's been nothing that the Republicans have ultimately been able to really saddle him with. And and it's I mean, their attempts are laughable because they're they beyond can't, laughable. They can't make up their mind. Is Joe Biden an incompetent puppet that's just the face of Kamala Harris? Or, you know, is it, is he this ruthless, you know, leftist, progressive socialist who's going to sell us off to China like? Dude, it's it's so lame. Like even even the one like I personally when he kind of um he kind of got chippy at the end of his press conference with Caitlin Collins. Yeah. I actually thought he was right because she did take something he said out of context. And I was like I probably would have done the same thing. But I also would have done, done the same thing that he did before he got back in Air Force 1 and publicly apologize. He said, hey, I shouldn't have been. He said a wise guy. He probably said, you know, I wouldn't have used that term. Like, hey, that my bad. But yeah. understand what I was trying to say. And then he made a very good point. Like, they are kind of negative. And it's like you guys are looking. They're looking for something to be like an I gotcha. And he doesn't want to play that game with them. Well, because... And they don't get that no is no. Yeah. And historically right that has been what has sold for them right that has that is the product that most people want is that i got you moment and yeah. it's why we are i think part of the reason that we're in this situation that we're in because so much of our what were kind of revered and distinguished news organizations for some are time garbage are now yeah just i mean nothing more than tabloids really yeah. i mean that's what we're essentially left with and i mean th that's why to some degree i'm just like all right cool like if that's where we are with politics then i'm i'm not gonna worry too much about it because i don't think me me paying attention ultimately is gonna matter well that's and that's a dangerous slope um, and i do want to <laughs> speaking of kamala harris i watched her lester holt interview and the whole time i was thinking man she really is an attorney like she wasn't really answering questions like she was going to incriminate herself. And um, then the slip up with the, well, I haven't been to Europe either. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, you really said that. And I think it was because she was being pressed on the question. Yeah. The question was kind of unfounded for whatever reason. Her response was kind of ilky. And it reminded me of when she kept trying to take those those uh, bites out of Biden at the at the uh, debate. Yeah, I didn't like it. I'm like, yo, you gotta if you're gonna be the if you're running for this office, forget. Let's not call the president. If you want to get this job, show me you have the ability to do the job. Right. And then, right now, 
I just you're not. Seeing I believe it. she can. Yeah, yeah, I believe she can grow into it. I'm right. just not seeing it. Yeah, you don't. I mean, I, I'm with you in that. What I have seen so far, she's not there yet. You know, um, and I think look, we saw that last time, right? Like, there was no way in hell that that guy was ready. And what we kept hearing was, "Well, give him time. You know, give him time. He'll grow into the role. He'll learn it. You know, he'll put smart people around himself." Well, that only lasted until they disagreed <laughs> with him. Um, and so ultimately, like, that's not something where, I mean, I guess, you know, on, on the other hand, people said the same thing about President Obama, right? Like going at like, well, he he has very little experience. He's so young and yada, yada. The young thing didn't bother me. It was experience. Sure. It, yeah. And but ultimately, like, I mean, and, and not again, not that I'm like, hey, everything Obama did was cool. But right. I mean, those were eight okay years right like uh, they weren't terrible i mean like they were better than this last one that's what i'm saying we're, that's <laughs> if the bookend is trump i mean sure they're freaking heaven i but, i okay yeah, i will I mean, say right uh, i will i will say this a lot of a lot of president obama's issues were 30 percent him learning how to be the president and really building relationships, and seventy percent the a holes in the in the Republican I was Party. Say the racist. Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. they tried to kill Obamacare for the third time now at the Supreme Court, and they said, "Go away." They dismissed the case. You have Even no right. With all of their justices, right? Their justices. Jesus Christ. I mean, that was the whole point of the last administration. Amy Coney Barrett? Yeah. This is, this is my thing with her, and I said it before. If that's her pedigree, she'll be fine. Right. And I looked at a little bit of her uh, of her uh, her rulings. I mean, it was impartial. Another, I mean, now look, I think there's a lot. Again, I don't have any issue with her. I have a bigger issue with the logic right that was used to put her into office sure when we look at what had happened previously right like that's where I, you and i are sitting here going okay guys you got it but ultimately we're like it's not that she's not qualified it's not that she may not make a great supreme court justice but if i mean if i'm her like i'd i would personally be like uh, i that's not really how i want to go <laughs> well i mean court. <clears throat> But you, you I mean, prove, is it you really prove the haters matter? wrong. Yeah, I mean, ulti- yeah. ultimately, she recognizes that she was qualified. So, you know, I mean, I'd- yeah, it's a once it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, and that's where it's like, look, we we've got to get beyond the, and it's hard, you know. Um, like I, I really, really, really respect President Obama. Like if I if I could ever talk to him and just ask him a few questions, it'd be like, hey. Just give me some clarification on this. These these were my hangups, and I always remember the same thing. The same thing I learned when I uh, when Bush left office, when he did a press conference, when he got back to Texas. It was so genuine when he said, "Yeah, I made a lot of decisions. Not all of them were great, but they were the best I could do at the time." And I really had been in that situation too. I've made a lot of decisions, and some of them where I'm like, yeah, that keeps me up at night. 
when we worked at E area, one question I would I would always ask people when I was given the opportunity is, hey, what keeps you up at night? Because I can probably gauge what type of person and what type of leader you are by your answer. Um, because I know for me, like I, I've fired people. <laughs> there's a, I mean, there's a lot of things where I'm like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. I don't, I don't want to do that again. Like I, I don't want that responsibility. I don't, or I don't want to be backed into a corner by HR or uh, legal to do something that I don't believe in. Um, because that's, those are problems for me. Yeah. And I'm not a quiet guy when it comes down to that. Like I'll do my job, but don't ask me to, um, never ask me to do anything immoral. Um, and that's why I, I have a hard time probably being a politician. <laughs> yeah, I might. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're probably Either that or sex trafficking. I yeah. Mean, that well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, well, the bar I mean, is hell, pretty these, low. These days, yeah. Like, I mean, sex trafficking, there's no reason to bar you from office or even sitting on the, you know. I, uh, I, I just, that's what I'm saying. It's like we cannot, we as a country cannot and should not try to be the the benchmark for other countries well that too we've lost i mean for a long time now yeah we've sat here and said basically like do as i say not as i do right like this is how you should yeah this is how you should be doing it even though that's not how we do it we're we expect you to be better than us and so i look at it this way when when uh the like the cold war was a thing right it was never about, for me, the way I looked at it from, and I, I love political science. I, I, I think foreign policy is cool. Um, Nerd. <clears throat> well, yeah, but I like, I also, <laughs> I also enjoy trying to understand human behavior, right? Because it makes me feel more comfortable when I understand that where I'm at, right? Yeah. So the Cold War for me wasn't about the nuclear arms race. It's about two countries that are pretty much fledgling. So Russia, if you look at like economically where they were during the Cold War, they're an old country, but they were also a young country, right? right? If you look look at the United States historically, they're a young country. They're obviously younger younger than Russia or uh, any uh, even old Russia. So they're they've amassed such power militarily in the world how do you grow together and so i think that was part of the strength of reagan that was part of the strength of uh uh, of george h bush right of trying to figure out how do we like grow and and like not get into a pissing contest that ends up with somebody pushing a red button and that was the the beauty of those conversations not that they solved anything but it it you know because gorbachev would Gorbachev, I'm not sure how pronounce I always say Gorbachev. I mean, he always pushed back. It wasn't like he was saying, yeah, you guys are great. No, he pushed back. Um, and that's what I, I think is missing when it comes to the, the, the American quote-unquote exceptionalism. It's not true. We, we're, right. We're so far off the rails on like how exceptional we are because in the last 15 years, all these things have come home to roost. We have racism. We have... Um, and I'm not like saying communism is great. I'm saying like when you think about it, no, that's there, there's some serious point. shit that we haven't addressed. Yeah, it's 
the way that you manage, I mean, and I know that communism and capitalism and stuff, like, it extends beyond just the money and the markets. Right. But at the end of the day, like, that's, it's essentially an economic principle that you're kind right. of following. And so that's it so less, your less social, your social, like, world order. Yeah. But it, but it, I, I don't know. I, it's not inherently, like, evil, right? Like, there's, communism itself is a great idea until you put it into practice because people suck. Yeah. I should say communism is Social, a great idea. Socialism, socialism, yeah, social, right? like, socialism is actually not that bad when you, if you look at Scandinavia. Yeah. When, if you, look at, when you can do it correctly and you don't have a bunch of jerks who are going to ruin it right. for everybody else, right? But that's one of the things that we love to believe in America is that everybody else is a lazy jerk and I'm the only hard worker out there. Me and the people that I know who are also hard workers, right? Yeah, our, our that's no longer true. And I think the American dream, like when in my history and how I look at it, it was a myth created in the um, late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. And it was only created because we had so much money because what we, else were you going to do with it? But give some of it to the middle class. Yeah. And then they realized we don't have to do that. We could just keep it all. And, Jeff and it wasn't. Was yeah, there. it wasn't even. It wasn't even that they had so much money. It's just like, well, they had so much money because they made so much money, created new industry because of wars. Right. And, and that's the the. It, it's a myth. And when you look at the entirety, like, and if you look at the entire generation from the '40s to like, uh, I, I guess those are baby boomers. Like, their myth of work hard and you'll be fine hasn't been true since the freaking '80s. Yeah. Because I didn't see that. I just saw like more obstacles. Uh, you didn't see. You're a millennial. Like you guys definitely didn't see that. Uh, I have kids that are what Gen Z or whatever. <laughs> like I keep, they keep making about like my yeah. kids aren't seeing that. It's just like not a reality. Right. Um. So th that's that's all I'm saying. It's just like yeah, I hear you. I want it. But can, it's not about civility anymore. It's about, and I think President Biden said it the best way. Uh, he was asked, do you trust Putin? He said, it's not about trust. It's about self-interest. I, I mean, learned the... I learned by watching him speak. He says so many things I would probably that would probably come out of my mouth. And that's probably why I like him more and more every time I listen to him talk. But that was the whole idea behind mutually assured destruction, right? Back in yeah. the Cold War was if... If both of us could, at the same time, essentially wipe each other off the face of the planet, and neither of us really has an advantage in that way, then it doesn't behoove either of us to push the button, because we know that the other one is immediately going to retaliate. There is no, you can't, you can't, you know, and that was where all the espionage and all the, like, the Star Wars, right, that's where a lot of that came from, because... It almost necessitated it. it was like, well, we don't know how else to do it other than to try and disable whatever systems they have to either harm us or defend themselves. But, I mean, I yeah. The, the, rea the reality is... But that was all about self-interest. That wasn't about, like, oh, we don't want no, to blow up the U.S. But self-interest is actually a good motivator for a lot of people. It's a I may motivator. Not see, yeah, it's like I, I may not see eye-to-eye -eye with somebody, but I also don't want to, like, shoot myself in the foot either, right? I mean, think about businesses, right? Right. That's 
that is the basic transaction in business all the time. You get a bunch of people who don't give a crap about what it is that the business does, but you're going to give me a salary, so I'll figure out how to make this work, right? I'll learn whatever it is I need to learn about this product, and I'll go sell it, or I'll service it, or I'll do whatever it is. You also have people who find something that they're really passionate about that they love, and they go off and they do it. Like, that's an option as well. I, I actually created a whole program because I was really in, I was really digging my job. I wanted to make it better, right? Yep. Um, but the problem, but it's also it's a, there's a catch twenty two in that. So the the philosophy is great. Self interest, sure. There's an unwritten contract in every relationship, and it's always quid pro pro. Like even though Donald Trump doesn't believe that's a thing, it really is. And if he's really that good in business, he understands that. Yeah. Every contract he ever did, for the most part, was quid quo pro. Like, seriously. His problem is, was, and still is, reciprocating to the other person. So, like, my point being this. Look, it's not about, like, how, how do we push ourselves to the extreme? You have to be able to maintain normalcy and show continuous progress. And I think our political system is trying to push to an extreme because the loud voices on, on both extremes, the left and the right, are just getting louder and louder. And it's, it's becoming very, very apparent that <clears throat> nobody's really driving the car, if I'm being honest. Um, is it a Tesla? So when we crash, he's gonna be like, "I told you, I told you." That's why I'm, gonna, I'm in Mars. Like, so yeah. I know we didn't have this on the docket to talk about, but I have one one more thing that I want to that I want to throw in here at the end since we're kind of th- talking about it anyways. Let's talk about technology. So, have you seen the new commercials for Domino's and their self-driving pizza delivery vehicles? God, no. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> They're basically these stupid little robot things that go out and they pull up to your house and they notify you that it's there. And you walk out to the street and it opens up and you get your pizza and you take it inside and then it zooms off to the next street and on top of that first of all who the hell's eating dominoes <laughs> i mean it's better What's than wrong? papa john's like i don't really i don't know papa papa john's sauce is better than like all of them it's the it's the most legit do we need to have sauce. i mean like you're from Tell new me york first of all i don't like eating any of that garbage <laughs> But if I had to eat that garbage, you actually that's not Papa true because John's? their sauce is the best. It's like the most original sauce. What? So when you eat a pizza, most original. Right? I don't understand what it, that it means. tastes like. It tastes like a real freaking like sauce. I just like I seriously. Don't I don't know. Like I, I mean, Papa John's used to be the only del- pizza delivery that was near my house in Cary, and so I ate plenty of Papa John's growing up in college but as soon as i realized domino's was down there like i immediately switched to domino's i domino's crust is garbage 
first of all, when I was younger, I went to New York Pizza off of uh, High House and um, 55. Sure. Well, and then we Look, were Johnny's I, I, Pizzas guys for a while. And Johnny's there. Pizza is that was my new that spot. That was legit. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So I don't eat garbage unless I have to eat garbage. All right, but do but we if need I, to do if, like a top top five garbage pizza places list oh, at some point? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, I can do that do one it. all day. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so number five, Little Caesars. I agree. Yeah. I mean, five dollars, right? I can walk in and get a pizza that's been sitting there in the oven for I don't even know how long. But it's that's it's my hot list. I'm done. Eric. <laughs> Eric. Yeah. You pulled out Little Caesars. <laughs> I'm done, yeah. Like I got nothing. It's like all I'm gonna say is like Subway, Subway. That's all I got, yo. You eat Subway pizza? What the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I claims to be like the most popular Detroit style pizza, and I'm like, okay. But what's a Detroit pizza? Right, exactly. Yo, if you're listening to Detroit, no love lost, but like, yeah, I've never heard of your pizza. My dad's from Detroit, (laughs) basically. I mean, St. Clair Shores, which is not like actual Detroit. (laughs) This um, guy said Little Caesar. It's like, that's not even a freaking thing. If somebody ever said that to me, I'd be like, what the hell? It's like, I get in a fight with a guy about a deep dish pizza. You mean like, you mean the, the bread casser- lasagna? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a casserole. It's, a casserole. it's, like, a free, it's, freaking- it's like a shepherd's pie. <laughs> yeah. So that's bread that's bread our bread. list. That's no, top- come on. All right. Okay, so that's five. Um, four would probably be. I mean, for me, four is probably Papa John's. I might even put Papa John's at five. No, like, no, I know no, you. No. I know, but like the crust is garbage. Their crust tastes like cardboard. Okay, four for me would be Hungry Howies. Okay, yeah. See, I like Hungry Howies. They'd be higher. I like the their. List. They had a Philly cheesesteak that was actually pretty banging, like a stromboli. Yeah, it was amazing. I had Hungry Howies many, a couple of times. Yeah, many many a nights, Hungry Howies trombolis with like the 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 Philly cheesesteak joint. I Love do it. remember one time I placed an order online for hungry howies to pick up and i got to the store and the girl was like um so it's gonna be like an hour and 20 minutes (laughs) and she was like so we're just gonna like it wasn't even an option it wasn't even like would you like to wait because i think she knew like i mean anybody who's willing to wait an hour and 20 minutes for some hungry howies pizza has some other stuff going on so she was like, well, I'm not putting up with that tonight. We're just going to refund your order right now. Um, I used to go to the one on Hillsborough Street a lot. Yeah. And um, when I – and also the one on Maynard and Cary when they used to have it there. But yeah. I, I don't miss that place. No, me neither. All that, right. That was uh, like – that was my number four. That was your number four, yeah. Do you yeah. want to you – you can do number three first if you want. Actually, I think Hungry Howie's is well. No, no number okay. three. You can change it. I mean, um, number three. Gosh, you, you go first. All right, number three. I don't... Jets Pizza. 
You oh, dude, Ty. We used to rock yeah, Jets God. all the time. Another Detroit-style pizza. I'm like, no. But I, after a while, that stuff got to be way too greasy. Like, that was the problem that yeah, I had with that's it. A, that's a ball of grease. But, yeah, like, that's, I mean, every once in a while, like, that super thick crust and everything, that was, it was yeah. pretty good. The square one. Yeah. It's not even a good slice. No, I mean, it's not a slice. Like, it's the little rectangle That's what thing. I'm saying. Yeah. It's just, it's not a good slice because you're like, what? All right, so I, I, I'll, I'll give you that one. So you agree, but, Jets at number three, or what's what's your yeah number yeah three? okay? No, yeah yeah, because I don't see I don't eat crappy pizza because like it's I, offensive to me. Well, and I don't eat crappy pizza anymore because none of those places really carry vegan cheese options. So, uh, yeah. all right, number two. This is kind of a toss up, but I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna say Domino's. Domino's is my number two. Oh no. So I know what your number uh, one is. So what is what is your number two here? It's not Domino's because you hate Domino's. Yeah. Can you even think of another pizza place? I would say it'd be Pizza Hut. Okay. Be- because I I just don't I think they're um, they skimp on ingredients all the time. Like I, and I wish they wouldn't because they have good pizzas when they do. Yeah. I have to eat. I have to eat freaking pizza hut because my wife likes pizza hut for whatever reason i don't like pizza hut like there's but you're nothing still gonna about put pizza. it in number two yeah number one's domino's for me wait so papa john's isn't on your garbage list no i i would eat papa john's before i, I eat any of the other ones the sauce is amazing and I haven't eaten Papa John's in a long just time. To be clear, just number, but number one is supposed to be the one that you like the best of the garbage pizzas. I, I would eat uh, of the garbage pizzas. If I had to eat a garbage pizza, it'd be Papa John's. But you just said Domino's was your number one. Oh, I need Dude. a new list. Can we do the top six? <laughs> yeah. Why well, you just want to put Domino's and Pizza Hut together, or I mean, does Domino's go at number six? Is that where it is? You don't like Domino's, right? I I, yeah, I don't know where Domino's falls in the so list. It's not on your top five. That's I that's probably it. never eat that. I right. would never eat so it. So then you don't have to worry about it. Domino's was my number two, right? Yeah, you're doing so much better. Than, like, yeah. No, I'm not doing so better. I mean, this isn't a competition. <laughs> There's not a no. I, I'm at just the like this. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know, like, those are like a lot of pizza joints. I would I would never eat at. Just period. All right, so number one for you, we know, is Papa John's because that is your favorite trash pizza joint. Yeah, yeah my favorite trash pizza. My favorite okay, would yeah. be Pizza Hut. Ugh. Right, but there's a very specific reason, right? When Please. I was in South America, there was a Pizza Hut in the town that I lived in. And so, like, once a week... I would hit up the Pizza Hut because it tasted like home. So it was a lot like. And that's it. Because every other Pizza Hut experience is I terrible. swear to God, shut up. Shut up. I, I don't want to hear your. All right. So I'm going to give you two stories. And if that's that's what we're calling number one. I hate Starbucks. For a couple reasons. My My biggest reason is because. I asked for a large coffee. You mean a venti? It's not what I <laughs> Sir, I'm sorry, I can't place your order until you say the word venti. 
we're not allowed to say small, medium, or large here, nor am I allowed to pretend like I can actually translate those into our own sizes. Yeah. yeah. As somebody who spent three plus years working at Starbucks. That's 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 why I hate Starbucks. Yeah, it I just know. pisses me off. I mean, it, that's why everybody hates Starbucks for the most part. I just want a large coffee. Can I, can I get a large coffee? Let's move on. Yeah, but I mean, I li- you shouldn't be going to Starbucks for drip coffee in the first place because I would never. I, I won't go to Starbucks for anything. Like they could melt, burn down for all I care. Um, that's. But when I went to Puerto Rico, the first time with my family, um, there was a, a Starbucks in the hotel. Yeah, the nicest people on the planet. It was a great experience. Every morning I would wake up a little bit earlier just to go to the freaking Starbucks in the hotel because it was like so welcoming. Come back to like the States. Ah. Yeah. I don't need you to correct me. I just want a freaking large coffee. So that was one thing. What's the other thing? When I lived in uh, Europe, uh, there's a place called Snappy's Burgers. It's in uh, downtown Oslo. And right next to it was a three-story McDonald's that had 22 registers per floor, which was bananas to see. It was amazing. Um, but I had the best burger, like, till this day. Like, I remember how good that burger was. Wait, like, now, best best McDonald's burger? No. Or best... Snappy. Oh, Snappy. Snappy. Snappy's, Snappy's was the best burger Ever. I've ever Period. ever. Never had another burger. That was a, that was as good. Nope. Never. I've never even heard of Snappies, but I've also never been to Norway, so Yeah. So now are they in, in business still? I don't know. Doesn't matter. But I remember that that experience. So your emotional attachment to an experience Yeah. Plays a huge role. Plays a huge huge role. Now for me, Pizza Hut, yeah. It's about the flavor of the sauce. Like when I eat pizza there are two things I care about. Are the ingredients even on the pizza? Like, every bite should have something on it. And secondly, how does the sauce taste? See, that's why I started making my own pizzas at home. Yeah. Because... And you probably do the same thing. You, you oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, I had, like, you know, when I was eating pepperoni, I was, like, the meat lovers, you know? Like, mm-hmm. So much pepperoni. My, my oven would catch fire with the grease pile. <laughs> Not really, but... I'm just saying. Well, that, that sounds no, sick. I mean, but, I mean, this is a nice, like, little impromptu. I mean, it's it. Look, you're wrong, and that's okay. Like, it's okay no, to be I'm, wrong. I'm here. completely right. You're not Pizza right. Hut is like Papa John's is sauce. a garbage, 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 garbage institution. Uh, is it because he like use the N word? No, it has nothing to do with it. Yeah, because I'll be honest. Like, if, I I mean, I love him for that. What <laughs> the fuck are we doing? Here? I was like, watch what I'm say that it'll get a rise out of Andre. <laughs> Damn. Good thing you're like three hours away because I'm about to whip that ass. <laughs> wow. Now I know. Now I know. Um, no, aside from that, like the pizza, like I'm. W- when that came out, I was like, dang, yo. I'm still going to order that pizza when I can. I'm still going to order that pizza. I mean, look. Can't, you can separate the pizza from the artist, right? I mean, Papa John's, he's just an artist. 
Actually, like just dude, like just like Michael Jackson, there are like and a, R. Kelly, and so Pete Davidson said it best. Uh, I don't know if you saw that on uh, SNL. Which he I, was like, I don't know. You tell me what he said first, and I'll tell you if I heard it. Oh, it's it's super hilarious. He's like, um, so R. Kelly gets arrested for you know being creepy, whatever. Um, he says it's kind of like the Catholic Church. <laughs> The only difference is the music is better. <laughs> so if you listen to an R. Kelly song, you just have to admit what a terrible person he is yeah. and donate money to charity. He goes, I've already donated like $300 <laughs> on the ignition remix alone. And I'm kind of like, that's actually a, a pretty interesting take on it. Like, you know, even with the humor, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of true. Like something it's like Michael Jackson. Really? Like, we all... I knew Michael Jackson. There was something wrong with Michael Jackson. Like, nobody wanted to believe it. Nobody. No, I'm like, dude, he says he lives in Neverland. Like, stop. I mean, yeah. The guy obviously had some significant psychological issues that were going on. And it's unfortunate that because of his status and celebrity, that that was never anything that he he was really able to get help with. You know, because all the people that were around him were just like, what well, about Matt Gates? Uh, what about him? Was I'm he, just saying, was he I, around I, Michael I think Jackson? That, is, is that where no, he I think there's, from? <laughs> I think there's a level of hypocrisy when it comes to that stuff. If I'm being honest, like when I, when I look at how we, we, as not, not we like us, yeah. as, as a we society, like me, we, you, Chris, sure. me, you individually. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it's let's talk about social media. You got that? Roll that bumper. Roll that. Dude, we already bumper. did social media. You gonna make me do it again? So I, I think what it is for me, it's I think that we plugged into something that we don't know how to like control, and it amplifies. Sometimes the right thing, a lot of times the wrong thing, right? So we have all, we like more kind of, often than not. <laughs> yeah. And so you look at the Matt Gates. You can't cancel a congressman, right? right? You can't force him, you know, unless the, he's a Democrat. Uh, that's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but again, my, that's because. My, I, they typically have some of moral my, So my point being is like Michael Jackson, it's like people don't want to believe like the dirty of whatever happened. Yeah. And, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, it's just, it, it's just really weird how we, we kind of, I don't know. I think social media is making our, I don't want to say moral compass, but I think it's changing how we react to terrible things. So last weekend, 36 people, it's either last weekend or the weekend before, I, I lose count now, uh, 36 people were either injured or killed in, in gun violence. The last social outrage to a, um, a death was a, a police interaction. And on top of that, I just found out, like, watching the news, there's, uh, like, two kids or one kid beaten up in uh, Ocean City, Maryland, right? 
social media is, is actually starting to numb us to what actually should be a visceral reaction. And we don't talk about it. And it's like, I'm trying to get a list of all the cases I've seen on the news from Ahmaud Arbery to George Floyd to I'm probably there's, I'm sure there's gonna be like 30, 40 more. And what is the actual thermometer of how people like feel with that? If you go down uh, South Saunders Street in Raleigh, right, there's a um, there's a lawn sign that says Justice for Christina Matos. I've never heard of that case, but every time I drive into downtown Raleigh, I see that sign. I haven't had a chance to look for that case, but it's like I'm thinking to myself, like, where is where, where is our local media picking these stories up? Why is it that stories, some stories get amplified on social media and some don't? And where is the social push to make our freaking representatives, local, state, and, gov and federal, do something about it? I, I think social media is like, I'm all about, uh, I, I think they should be held as publishers more so than just a platform. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you on that. Having been on the other side of that, I mean, I know what we had at E-Area was not technically a social media platform, but we were, I mean, we described ourselves as a publisher, right? Like, right. we were a media publisher. And the types of things that we did are not too dissimilar in terms of how we kind of reviewed and rated, you know, or determined what content got published are not that dissimilar from what's being done on Facebook and Twitter and all these other places. Right. Like ultimately you are the ones who is deciding whether or not something is okay to be published by your standards that you set. Like help me understand but, how that doesn't we, make you a publisher. Right. But we also try to skate the line there too. And I say we at the company. Yeah. So, uh, whether it's racist or sexist comments, um, whether it was, you know, targeting certain demographics. I, I get the financial reason why you would do that. But I think that overall, if you're saying you're com like a community for developers, then the community isn't all what you think it should look like. It's never going to be that way. I mean, go out your front door, right? Go to the grocery store. Um, I mean, it was one of the things when I first started working there, they would constantly, I mean, like, brag about the fact that their audience was 98 or 99 percent male right right like no oh, it's just all guys here you know this is this is the dude zone it's it's like no it's <laughs> and that's i mean granted the tech industry had been historically very male driven but it i mean even like when i first started there that had already started to change. And so their whole belief of what that market looked like and what their audience looked like was driven by a lot of old concepts and bad data. But <laughs> That was pretty good. I like that. Um, so my question, my question would be this and, and I, um, because I'm guilty of it also. Right. Um, As a company, you'll never survive unless you know who your true customer base is. 
the tricky part is your customer base is never who may give you money in that transaction. Somebody else always influence that decision. And let me tell you why. The place I used to work, big Fortune 5, or probably Fortune 1, I don't know anymore. Um, we knew the products that we sold were all influenced by one person in a household. Guess who it wasn't? The man. <laughs> right, exactly. There was a, uh, uh, I was listening, or there's a report, and I listened to another report about it later on. Um, when you think about, like, even car production. So car production, and this is like a very cursory view of it. Uh, the car, you like, it's a 2021 model, was designed five years ago. They have so much data on, like, who buys whatever. For the last since 1992 was when I first followed the study every car has been designed for the for the woman purchase like female woman purchaser hmm. because they've gained more disposable income like in the prior 10 years and you can see that in like if you ever get in a car and say well why is this here why is this color what it's because they're not really if you're a guy, they're they're not actually marketing to you, right? Um, and I just find that very interesting. So my my point being this: it's like social media is doing the same thing, but it's very nefarious. It's super, super, super dirty, and it's like, eh, I just don't see the point. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm with you in that. I think if they were a little bit more above board with it, right? Like it would be a little bit more honest about how it is that they're operating um, and what their true kind of incentives are or what their goals are, then I feel like it would be a different conversation. But where we're stuck right now is it's like you've got people who are, I mean, I, I look at like TikTok, right? Oh, new social media app everybody go and download it oh turns out that app is just siphoning a whole bunch of data off of your phone and sending it off to some company in china like uh whatever that was the so, most people's response right <laughs> what's the form what's the formula for a popular social media app? i don't know <laughs> otherwise like, i would have built one <laughs> <laughs> So it's actually it's what's shown to be successful is uh, social media in general. Forget the app, has been how do you get the uh, a younger demographic? Yeah, because the younger demographic will always bring more users in eighteen months. Uh, MySpace, uh, Facebook. Yeah, it's always Twitter. the younger adopters first, and then they yep. get the older people into it. The only the only really interesting thing is with Facebook and Twitter is that they have retained a a, a pretty interesting base user like like number. Now, granted, Facebook one point three billion, yeah. um, which is kind of huge. But there's a lot of us. I say us because I think that base user is a lot of people in my age demographic where we were in college when Facebook was a college exclusive thing. And so there was a level of exclusivity to it when you first got the opportunity to be on it. 
and there was a level of secretness to it where it was like, oh, what's going on on Facebook? You know, my parents aren't on there. My my grandma, my aunts and uncles, my cousins, like not everybody sees. They, they weren't just... on. They weren't on MySpace either. No, but. I, yeah, I mean, I just I was more Facebook oriented, I guess. Than MySpace. No, I had so a what's interesting too, it's, it's interesting when you say it's interesting. Like I wasn't on MySpace either. What's interesting when you say that is like Facebook's got this ad campaign um, about changing internet internet regulations. It's all a precursor to like trying to get around the U.S. avoiding GDPR. Like they've delayed it for what four years now. Yeah, California adopted it. And, like, my barometer has always been once California adopts most rules and laws, the rest of the country kind of follows. Yeah. Um, the the privacy thing is coming out more more so in um, uh, Apple has got something that uh, Mark Zuckerberg is super pissed off about. Uh, I, I have actually have been enjoying that uh, little feature where it's like every time I load a new app or an app for the first time it pops up and it's like do you want this app to track information across multiple apps and I'm like no I don't thanks for asking <laughs> that's why that's why I don't use apps like for Twitter on my phone I just like um, I go to their website and I download the PWA well, or progressive I web app I feel like again, right? Part of it is there's this there's a lack of understanding what it means to download the app, right? Oh yeah. I I mean, when I when we first kind of got app stores and that sort of thing, if I downloaded an app, my thought wasn't, well, just because I've downloaded this, that's this app now has access to a bunch of information on my phone, right? Right, like. Those aren't the, the thoughts that first went through my head. Now, I'm always like, well, what does it want access to? Why does it need access to that? If there's a legit ma reason, I'm like, okay, like, I get that. Yeah, you got to, you know. My camera? Instagram sure. needs to access the camera so I can take pictures. Got it. Okay. But why? What's interesting, I, I get that. I think the privacy thing is great, but the real commodity is going to be, um, it's always going to be data. If I think of the most powerful and influ influential industry you can probably be in, like the next 20 years, it may be marketing and data scientists. And that's why, like, I'll, I'll see things come across my newsfeed about, you know, data, data scientists and how marketing marries with data science and blah, blah, blah. It's, they're not wrong. No, right? but, I mean... I just like you're taking all the fun out of it. Well, <laughs> I understand. I look at marketing as um, I have a bias in marketing. Like, <clears throat> I know that, you know, when I worked at that place, there were a couple line items every month you paid for, you know, marketing. Mm hmm. And there's a couple other line items that were just kind of consistent. You have to market to people because markets change. Marketing's not a bad thing. No, I, the, I mean, as a former marketer, I'm not, I'm not against marketing. I just think that where we are now, it's like there was a, there was a, a point where of diminishing returns basically on the data, Right where the 
I don't know if you want to call it an invasion or just a lack of privacy became so important or not the pri- the sense of privacy became so unimportant to the marketers and the people gathering right. the data and it was all about the end result right whatever i can learn about you however i can get that information is okay because ultimately what i'm trying to do is get you to buy a product that i maybe believe in but even then you probably don't <laughs> but that's fair but what if what if marketing was more simple right like i think i look at it in a very simplistic way um because that was never my trade it was, it was actually a necessity more so than like a something i was in, interested in yeah you want somebody to buy like there's a a youtube video i saw it like years ago um and it was called the stickiness of a double cheeseburger there's this chain in california i, I don't remember what it was but this guy built, he had like one restaurant, went to like 50 or 60, later on franchised it. The principle that he would always tell people was, we want people to, and I'm paraphrasing here, like he would talk to customers and what they told him was, we'll order a double cheeseburger all the time because there's that cheese on the wrapper. <laughs> like and they love that experience, right? And I'll be honest, I'm like, yeah, that's actually kind of true. There's some sandwiches where you're like, yeah, I eat the whole thing, but I was waiting for this. Yeah. Like, I just want to get the cheese off the wrapper. And his his point was, understand what your customers want when they come to experience your restaurant. I think I, I can translate that to like how I look at business. What do people want when they look at your good or service? But that's where I think... That's where I feel like in a lot of ways the like the digital age and marketing really lost its way because it's they stopped asking yeah. the question. It stopped right. being tell me what it is that you like, like you know, tell me what it is that you're going to order every time or or just having those conversations, right? And it became all about, well, how do I just secretly observe them so that they're not, you know, telling me something like you know, well, we have to remove all bias. Like I just I, I don't know. The whole thing seems so. You, you want to hear? You want to see what's funny about that though? Like, I really think this is hilarious. What's the most popular fast food restaurant? I would guess McDonald's. Uh, what's your number two? Taco Bell. No. Guess again. Chick Fil A. There you go. It's in your top five. I'm like, all right, if it's not in his top five, then my theory. I fine. just, I figured Chick-fil-A was more regional in the South. I know that they've branched out more, but the Southeast. You know what's funny about Chick-fil-A? Like, if you ever drive past a Chick-fil-A, their drive through is packed. Yeah. Like, unreasonably, there are a lot of people. I was going through a, a shopping center here in my town. Dude. I wasn't even going to Chick-fil-A. I would never do that. Well, I don't eat meat, <laughs> number one. Number two, I would never go to Chick-fil-A. And I'm in Beaver Creek uh, Crossing, and there are cars waiting to go through their drive through on the main throughway. Yeah. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, yo. They sell, and their customers believe, everything about what the company says they are. That is the magic of, like, enterprise yeah. and, and being an entrepreneur. 
Now, being slow, they have. I mean, I. I mean, they have the friendliest employees. Ninety nine percent of the time, They're, every customer believes that Chick fil A is Chick fil A. Yes, and every Chick fil A is Chick fil A. Is Chick fil A. It doesn't even matter they, which one you go to. Even when they get ran under the rails about the their stance on LGBTQ rights. Yep. People still wanted that fried chicken. People, they're like, yo, I might have to like low key. <laughs> it's, I mean, can, yeah. can you imagine what that, I mean, so that whole experience, that whole, um, that whole like from A to B can happen for a lot of companies. Yeah. It's just that you have to show, you have to do the work. To show that's who your company is. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like no, we McDonald's, talked about it recently, right? We're yeah. about when we're talking about mission statements, yeah. you know, and like how something that is super simple that people actually understand—that's what's really important. Like that's what's going to right. drive the success of your business. Because if you don't understand what you want to do and how you want to do it, which is what your mission statement ultimately should tell you, then how on earth are you going to get other people to do that? Right. I don't I I love mission statements because it was an eye opener for me, right? But I I look at it this way and I, and I try I'm not very smart, so I try to do things simply, right? I have three rules in life, and when I when I veer off these three rules, I screw up my life. The the questions I ask myself to to say within my rules are does it make me a good husband? If the answer is no, I don't do it. I broke that rule. Does it make me a good father? If the answer is no, I don't do it. <laughs> the answer is yes, I'm all on it. And does it make me a better friend and brother? If the answer is yes or no, like that's those are my three rules. Everything else, it's like, nah, I'm good. And I have to always constantly remember that. When I break my rules, I'm screwed, right? The same thing applies to business. And it's, what are you trying to accomplish? If you're trying to be the best widget maker and sell it at a good price and make, like, understand that one is bigger than zero, you're in good shape. Just sell a lot of ones. <laughs> you don't have to sell a lot of tens, just sell a lot of ones, hmm. right? Um, and ones can mean that, um, Maybe you do pay your employees a higher wage. Maybe you do uh, do all these all these other things, but you're able to make sure that you get a one at the end, end, end of the day. Yeah. Your goal is to make a one, not a 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. Right, and, and if you do it the right way, ultimately you will you will probably be successful. Like that's because yeah. because. What you end up ha what ends up happening on the other side of it is you cut corners. You hire people that you know either aren't right for the company or that you're incapable of training because you don't know how it is that you want things done. And right. it, so it's funny that you bring up Chick-fil-A because I had an experience <laughs> at not Chick-fil-A recently that immediately <laughs> made me think of Chick-fil-A and it was going right. through the drive through fast food restaurant, place the order, get to the end, you know, anything else for you? Nope. That'll do it. All right. Uh, five forty one at the first window. Great, thanks. Uh-huh. I'm like, I literally pulled away and went, my pleasure. Because that is that is what they say God. every time you walk away at Chick-fil-A, right? And I know, but there's something about it. 
because yeah, because you, be- because you believe be- in Chick Fil A. Well, no, but uh, but because I also believe the people when they say it, like the yeah. the way that they train their employees, I think that they get the employees to buy into the fact that this makes a difference, and it's it is that important to us that you say this during your conversations with customers so that they understand that we are here to serve them. So I'll, I'll tell you this, like, um, like I don't believe that employees buy into anything. I believe that they believe in your mission of your organization. And once they stop believing, then they're gone. Like hang it up. Uh, that's why I always ask the question, Hey, new car smell, right? Every new employee that we would interact with, I'm like, hey, new new car smell? Because the minute, just to explain to anybody that's never heard me say this, uh, when you buy a new car, like, you love the new smell, right? It, it can be a used car. You can get that smell in just about any car. It's new. They literally there's make an, an air freshener that comes in new car smell. Yeah, there, there's an emotional attachment to like how people feel about things that are new. Um, the minute you have your new car and you eat in your car and you spill like ketchup or something like that in your car, you're going to eat in your car again, <laughs> right? Then your car becomes more of a tool than like your baby. Mm-hmm. And people look at jobs the same way, right? It's It's that how long can you prolong that feeling of, it's new, it's fresh, it's exciting. And, you know, I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited to interact with these people. If you can get an employee to do that for like 90 days, that should be the first target. And you're a baller if it's 180 days. That employee, and as long as you're doing your job and making sure you're, you know, keeping your end of the the agreement, they'll never leave. So, I mean, it seems to me like we just need to figure out how to make a new job air freshener that companies can hang in the office and everything will be good. That's that's probably right. Um, Yeah, I don't have... Actually, I do have a soft. I've always... um, Okay, we're going to wrap it up. I'll end it with this. So I am not a, um, uh, I'm not Chris, <laughs> basically. Like, No, you're Andre. Th- yeah. I have, um, I don't have that personality. The only re- reason I learned as a, huh, socially, I'm Chris. Professionally, I'm not Chris, right? So in my personal life, like my friends and family, yo, I got you 100%. Whatever you need, I can do it with like a, a, a nail on my foot. <laughs> Professionally, I'm like, you're sick. You showed up though. Like, you got to work. <laughs> like, like, why are we talking about this? Like, You, you had to bring that up, up didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, right? Yeah. But I learned a lot, like a long time ago that um, two things, two lessons. One the first one was there is a guy that I used to work for when I was in high school that was later on a colleague who won an award for being like super awesome with um, employee retention and he would always get an award for it and one day I was like yeah can you tell me what you do he goes pretty simple lock the doors I treat people (laughs) yeah 
He literally said, I treat people how I want to be treated. I'm like, okay. And I started that journey, right? Kind of difficult. I still had my bumps in the road. And it clicked one day um, when I was speaking to an HR partner. And we were talking about employee turnover. And they told me, you know, it costs about like almost $6,000 to lose a person. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like, let me explain to you why. The time you spent recruiting, the time you spent training, the time you spent, you know, getting uniforms, whatever, like equipping that person, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's kind of expensive. So my logical side finally had a chance to meet with my emotional side and say, yeah, don't be a dick. (laughs) And two, it's really expensive to be a dick. So I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So my message would be to anybody that's like running a business, if you want to keep your employees, if you want to like, like you don't start a company or an organization to only make money. Part of it's for relationships. Most, most people, I would say a vast majority of people that own companies and, and like small to large businesses care about their employees. Don't be a dick. And if you lose people constantly, it costs you money. Sometimes you're going to lose people because, like, they've maxed out where they can grow with you. Yeah. I didn't say go. I said grow, right? And I would always tell people when they got to that point, I'm like, hey, I'm happy for you. And if I didn't have an opportunity to help you grow, I'm glad you can grow somewhere else. And I really meant it, right? But I rarely ever had people leave me because of, like, I'm not making enough money. Yeah. No, I mean, so that whole- we've talked about that a million times, right? Like, people yeah. don't stay somewhere because they're making enough money. You know, people might take a job for more money, but ultimately, it's all about the job and whether or not you're satisfied yeah. in that. I mean, and yes, some people will make themselves miserable in a job because of financial requirements and whatnot, but is that really what you want to do? Like, right. you know, I mean, ultimately... I, yeah, I, it's just one of those things. I keep coming back to it with you. It's like if you have the right people and you treat people the right way, like that's how you run a business. That's that's okay. how you run a business successfully. When you sh- when you cut those corners and break those rules, that's where you're going to find yourself in trouble. Yep. So, yeah, gosh. We could fix the, uh, the the employment debate in this country pretty quickly. Yeah, I think we just got to get more people listening to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to our podcast, or if you're listening now, then you how are you listening now? <laughs> I know. I I just thought about that. Uh, you can always catch us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe. Uh, we're on pot. Uh, good lord, <laughs> YouTube, Pandora, TuneIn, Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, did I forget anything? No, probably didn't. So I will tell you this. This is like, this is us transitioning from my dude moving to the beach. I'm like having, um, like, I'm not Withdrawal? happy. I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We had, okay, so just to, uh, we're wrapping up, but so I won't make it too long, but we did get the chance to have lunch last yeah. week. Was it last week? Yeah. Yeah, it was last week. Last yeah. Thursday, which was nice. We got to meet up. You got to see your buddy in person because she was hanging out with me. Um, but yeah, like this is a weird transition for me. I have lived in the same house 
for the last 17 and a half, almost 18 years. Like, it would have been 18 years in August. And part of it was me deciding that it was just time, you know? Like, I'd kind of felt like I've grown as much as I can in this house and in this location, and I'm ready to go grow somewhere else for a little while. And so... Um, don't don't use my words against me. I okay, I, I, I will. Okay, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those where it's like when you work remote and you travel, all you really need is an airport and an internet connection. And so, if you can live at the beach, why wouldn't you live at the beach? That's fair. Yeah. So I'm sorry that I'm not up there to keep you company and do all it's that fine. Good stuff. Whatever. Whatever. I'm okay. You'll, I'm we'll good. probably see more of each other now than we did before. Yeah, because now I'm, I'm gonna like like begrudgingly be like, "Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> come, like, hey, come to the beach. Come to the beach. <laughs> I, I hate the beach. But I'm gonna show up just to piss you off. <laughs> they got a lot of vegan, good vegan restaurants down here. <laughs> just to show you that I can go to the beach. Uh, nah, it's all good. Um, but it is like I mean, this is a big time of transition for both of us, and yeah, um, you know, I mean, a lot of us really like, and I'm, I'm sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people are dealing with stuff and uh, thanks COVID. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's kind of nice. Like I've been getting out there a little bit more lately and not, um, I got, like when I'm out with my kid, like I usually wear a mask cause she's got to wear one. And so I'm like solidarity. Um, but other than that, I'm like, uh, I feel pretty, pretty good at this point. So that's good. Well, I'm happy for you. Right? And that's, what's important. So we're super glad you joined us. Um, and please, if you have any questions, comments, or if you just want us to stop talking about um, how crappy Mitch McConnell is. Um, I'm Mitch McConnell, email. and I like this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I think Chris is um, <laughs> he's in his zone today. But oh. we're super glad you joined us. Sorry about Chris. Um I, I won't edit that out, but I'll, I'll bleep it. But we're super glad you joined us. Please, uh, not don't please. If you like it, hit us up. If you don't like it, hit us up. If you think we're awesome, hit us up. Just hit us up. Yeah. As always, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> 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 Oh, 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 oh,